You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, June 8th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, and soon to be at Just Baseball, or maybe pop culture entertainment stuff is more of your line of thing by any chance. I know it's a sports podcast, but you might know me there at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blade Disgusting, Film Credit, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only, 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 if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, concerns you might have, and I'll do my very best to interact and, you know, get back to you and maybe even answer them on the show. And if you send me a five-star review on the Apple Podcasts, app and in the description of the review you just type in a question it is guaranteed to appear on the show we're going to be talking about one of those actually on wednesday uh this show guys is brought to you by locked on mlb join walking baseball encyclopedia paul francis sullivan please though call him sully every day on locked on mlb for a unique look at the majors both past and present featuring exciting guest interviews routine check-ins from all the locked on mlb hosts uh every local expert that we have an insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories locked on mlb is the single best source for daily baseball talk subscribe today wherever you get your podcast guys and today's actually a little bit of a a little bit of a small episode i'd say a small isn't the right way to say it but not you know it's not a big hefty chunky boy episode at least because we're basically just gonna be talking about last night's game uh which was a a, a very splendid one i will say to be able to come back from the team that just swept the padres uh the chicago cubs and get a w and then we're gonna be talking about just various takes that i have number one talking about tatis uh potentially well, I mean, I could talk about Tatis for whatever reason I want. I mean, let's be honest here. But uh, specifically, want to talk about him and his viability for the Home Run Derby and just giving a quick thought on that. And then talking about some little around-the-league stuff, specifically in regards to... I've been talking about the, the whole, you know, substance abuse and how it seems like... Uh, substance as in, you know, pine tar and, like, cheating. Not, like, the actual other bad stuff. I'm talking about, like, pine tar and, you know, manipulating the balls and stuff like that. I've already talked about that. But I want to talk a little bit about, like, the the umpire controversy and robot umps and give my kind of take on that because it's a little slightly different than maybe some other people uh, have already talked about. So that's just going to be uh, what we talk about today, guys. Let's get into it, guys. Let's start off by saying that the Padres won last night's game by a score of 9-4, to four, pitching for your potties, dad, fryers, whatever. I am tired, by the way. It is currently 2.30 in the morning for me right now. It was a long game. I'm on the East Coast, so stick with me, folks. Uh, I'm sorry. It's uh, I'm very, very tired right now. Uh, Ryan Weathers got the start tonight, and yet again, the kid really just delivers. Remember, the Cubs next to the Padres uh, have basically had the hottest offense in baseball. And actually, it's probably a hotter offense, basically, because they've had kept it going while the Padres have slowed down a little bit. Um, 
And for him to come in here, he goes five innings, giving up three runs on five hits, walking one, striking out four. Not too bad over the course of 81 pitches. That's not too bad, man. He's been so, so consistent and such a bright spot. Uh, Probably the biggest breakout of all the players on the team this year um, for the Padres. You know what I mean? Like you had last year, there was like seven breakouts on the team. You could even argue Tatis was part of that. You know, you have Manny having his first, you know, really a bunch of his first moments for the Padres with the walk-off Grand Slams and all of that. Then you have Jay Cronenworth. Then you have um, Trent Grisham, the boy who is obviously missing right now. Just so many breakouts really for the Padres last year. And Ryan Weathers has kind of been that guy for them this year, especially when their rotation is, is really down. He looks really solid. And let me just say one thing. That boy dangerous when he comes up to bat. I'm not saying he's performing well at the plate, but he is certainly performing at least admirably at the plate. I mean, he is... Look, I'm just warning opposing pitchers. Ryan Weathers isn't going to be a, a Blake Snell type at bat. At bat, blah, 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 at bat. Uh, he That man wants a home run. He just does every time he comes up to play. He doesn't manage to get one in this game uh, going 0-2, but that man is trying to hit. Am I the only one that's noticed this? That guy's a maniac. He just really wants to hit the ball. But um, in terms of the people who actually did manage to hit the ball, guys, there was a lot of them today. Uh, Tommy Pham goes one for three in this game, actually, with two walks and a stolen base, which was very nice. An RBI uh, on the night, which was great. Granted, it was a fielder's choice type of play, but still, I'll count it. It counts in terms of the overall stats, I guess. A couple of actually like fielder's choice related things. You know, the first time that the Padres scored, despite the bases being loaded with zero outs, and Tati strikes out, and then Hosmer is able to ground into this kind of a you know a play that allows a run one run to score, but they're unable to bring really anybody else in. Um, Manny Machado hits a sacrifice fly, but the big kind of hits of the night, uh, two big ones, I'd say. The first comes from Brian O'Grady. That's right. He was called up uh, just the other day. Uh, Tucapita Marcano was sent down, which honestly felt right. Marcano had not been very well for the team. It's funny because he's supposed to just be a contact type of guy, not a lot of power, and he hadn't even been doing that. So they sent him down and brought up everyone's kind of like niche fan favorite Padres Twitter fan favorite Brian O'Grady and he homers in this game bottom of the third inning driving in jerks and profile as well uh, 412 feet he killed the ball it was really lovely to see uh, I was very excited I know Padres Twitter is very excited um, just just gotta love the guy hopefully he can be this kind of little bit of source of a, a little bit of a spark for a lineup that's been lacking a little bit lately like I alluded to uh, and then the other big hit a home run from Manny Machado bottom of the eighth it was a solo shot and there were other runs that the Padres drove in as I said, they did score nine runs, but the main Machado one was a big deal because Anthony Rizzo actually drops the most routine pop-up I've seen dropped by a first baseman this year. And I've watched a lot of baseball, and I feel like that that says a lot. And after dropping it, the very next pitch, Manny Machado homers uh, to right field. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Uh, and then there's a moment in which I couldn't tell for sure if Manny Machado pointed at Anthony Rizzo when he was riding the bases or it was the dugout. I think it might have been a little bit of both. Uh, I'd love to I'd love to have a clarification on that. I couldn't really tell from the broadcast from what I was watching. I rewound it and everything. Uh, and then Rizzo, they show, he was like, he smiled just a tiny bit uh, knowing, wow, like I, I really step my foot in it, you know what I mean, with that kind of play, right? Uh, so that's what happened. That was the big highlight of the game, and then Mark Melanson comes in. Despite having a big run lead, 
I was surprised to see Mark Melanson in this game. I know the last time he had pitched was Friday, and you want to keep him warm and everything. But, I mean, Friday's not that long ago. It's not like a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like it's been a week or anything since Mark Melanson had pitched. But, uh, so I, I was, I questioned that decision by Jace Tingler, who, honestly, I've been fine with all year. And Loki, who has been tossed out of a lot of games, by the way, he's been tossed out of like four games this year. I had no idea. He might even like break the record, and he doesn't seem like that type of manager. That feels like he's had one of those seasons where he's just yelling at every single call and whatnot. And if anything, I felt like he's more of a calming influence. But uh, that just goes to show. Um, and then last kind of thoughts I want to say is Tommy Pham playing much better and Eric Hosmer. So two things I want to say when it comes to narrative type of things, right? And actually, I'm going to save them. I'm going to save them for a second, guys. Before we get into those last two final thoughts about the game, I need to talk to you about credit karma guys let me tell you do you want instant gratification of course you do if you're looking for satisfaction there's no need to wait with credit karma money you could win cash reimbursements for credit purchases when you use your credit karma money debit card you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to five thousand dollars just pay with your debit card and if you win you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account open your fdic insured spend account for free there's no minimum balance requirements no overdraft fees and fee withdrawals from a network of over fifty thousand atms and limited time guys from june 8th to june 30th uh anytime you make a purchase you'll automatically be entered to win one million dollars pretty cool guys so right now visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma remember that is creditkarma.com slash win money to sign for free and start winning instant karma and now guys shifting gears vroom everybody i need to talk to you about rockauto.com they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 whole years that's pretty nuts they've been serving auto parts customers for basically all of their needs whether it be tail lamp motor oil new carpet whatever they have it and their catalog is remarkably easy to navigate which is helpful for dumb people like me that don't know much about cars and best of all, prices at rockout.com are always reliably low. You don't want to spin up to twice for the same amount of parts, guys. So go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And now, guys, let's shift back into the role of things, talking about last night's game. Don't get me wrong. I'll talk about Tatis in just a moment. We'll talk about the fun stuff in just a moment. But I felt like this is worth talking about, and that's two things, right? First of all, uh, just a quick thing. Manny Machado was shown uh, kind of just, just putting his arm around Hassan Kim last night. And I saw it a little bit over Twitter, and I just thought it was funny because uh, – and I, I retweeted it with the show account where, like, this – the narrative that Manny Machado is like – first of all, I think the don't hustle thing is absolute baloney. I have always hated that. There are certain things about him that are baloney. Dirty player, at least there are plays throughout his career – that I absolutely support that. The Jesus Aguilar thing in the World Series, right? Um, you know, certain like kind of things with him and Josh Donaldson back in the day when Donaldson was still on the A's. Like, little moments like that, um, kind of running into second base a little bit hard, although I do think the Dustin Petroia one gets blown way out of proportion by Red Sox fans because they're insufferable and want to act like Dustin Pedroia was the most beloved player in the game when he clearly wasn't. He was just a great player that had a really great career and was extraordinarily beloved by Boston fans and respected and decently liked by a lot of other people. 
they basically just really wanted him to be Derek Jeter. That's they were just mad that Derek Jeter was infinitely more popular. But anyway, no more Boston haterade, I promise. Um, and it was just nice to see that moment between him and Kim. It feels like the two of them are getting along, and it's it's good because they're playing on the corner infield together. So you need them to be good. Um, and everyone was saying, oh, they won't they won't show this moment on ESPN. And honestly, yeah, you're kind of right. Like they definitely have been trying to drum this up. I mean, there was a moment the other day on the Cubs broadcast. Where the Cubs guys, I think they were like, wow, I think I tweeted about this too. They were like, wow, and Manny Machado does not run to first base. Cause it was, but it was like this such an obvious double play ball. Like he smoked the ball to the shortstop and he had no chance of making it. And then they try to, they're trying to drum up this, this thing about Manny Machado. And it often comes from people who don't even follow the Padres, which is really just kind of frustrating. I don't know about you guys, but I can't stand that. You can talk about some of his past things with the dirty player stuff, but not hustling and being a clubhouse cancer. Come on. Like, give me more proof than that and show me that you're actually researching and following baseball before you make accusations and and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Come on, Cubs announcers. And Rangers announcers, too. It's been years. You know? Come on. What, what, what are you doing? And the second thing I wanted to mention is also, um, look... Tommy Pham has been one of the, the banes of my existence this season. One, because he just hasn't performed super well when I was really high on him, but also just because I can't go with like every single at-bat of his. I'm always hoping he does something, man. And he, and he has been. He's performing really, really well. Even before tonight's game, which he had a nice game tonight, you know, he has been really great over the last 10 games, batting 314 with a 415 on base, two home runs to go along with that. He's drawing a lot of walks, obviously, evidenced by the um, on base percentage there. And, you know, for basically, he had a really quietly productive May. Like, really quietly productive, just because the batting average wasn't through the roof at 253, but he had an on-base of 383. And one of the things about Tommy Pham is he was getting really unlucky with batted uh, balls in play. Uh, BABIP, if you guys aren't familiar, and that's a great stat. Uh, great beginner stat, in my opinion, for judging when batters are just getting really unlucky. And, you know, we killed him, rightfully, on Twitter. He's getting little spats with fans, apparently. Apparently, allegedly, uh, you know, with people kind of mocking him and whatnot at Petco. And, you know, if you're Guys, stop yelling at the players. Like, what are you doing? It's, it's just come on. Especially if it's your if your own your own ballpark, your own team, right? Um, so he was terrible to start off the season. He's been great, and the thing that I want to bring up is just the fact that Eric Hosmer has been extremely extremely poor uh, in a lot of ways. He's not a great defender, but also you know he starts off the season three twenty three eighty four four sixty for the for the month of April, and then May he goes two forty seven three oh one. That's extremely pedestrian and, and quite bad, actually, slugging at 351 as well. And then so far in six games through June, he's batting 143. Like, he just hasn't been very good. And unlike Tommy Pham, there's evidence to suggest that it's just him not playing well. With Pham, at least there was a little bit of, yeah, he was striking out on some pitches that I didn't like that were right down the middle and what have you. But also, it was like the BABIP was really low, and it's not like his hard hit rate was um, particularly bad. With Eric Hosmer, it's like, He's regressed to everything he was before, which is just a ground ball machine. And that's why I had said before that I predicted that he would have a little bit of a regression. And I'm not even a little bit. I said he would regress quite a lot. He has a 58.9% ground ball percentage on the year. For context, last year was at 47, which is very good. And a year-to-year change in terms of just like the launch angle and him being able to carry the ball more, it's down by 7.1% this year. And his barrel percentage is down by 5.5%. So unlike Fam. 
a lot of the metrics were suggesting that Fan would at least return to a little bit more of a league average hitter, if that, and his eye at the plate was really good. While Hosmer has not been good in any respect, there was all the signs that he just hadn't been playing well, and the ground balls happen to, you know, occur for base hits. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate it, because a lot of them came against the Dodgers series early on in clutch scenarios, but he hasn't been very good. And I say all this to say, I've seen far fewer people, in my opinion, in my opinion, this is my podcast, being critical of Eric Hosmer's last month or so versus Tommy Pham at the beginning of his tenure uh, this year. Not tenure, because that suggests the whole career for the Padres, but uh, for this season, right? I have not seen nearly as much crap for Eric Hosmer. And I'm not saying that we should trash these guys. Let me be clear. I haven't trashed anybody on this podcast in quite a long time. I feel like the last one I did was Paddock. Honestly, and I think that was last year heading into the postseason, maybe. I was kind of trashing the guy a little bit, and I kind of felt bad about that. I mean, I don't really have any ill wills. I don't know the man. So I I try not to trash guys. But, uh, you know, Eric Hosmer, if you guys are going to trash somebody, like, you killed fam. You, you you probably should be doing that for Hosmer because everything is suggesting that what we thought we were getting, we thought he was finally adjusting his swing, doesn't seem to be going that way. I hope he picks it up because... I still kind of respect that he could be a clubhouse leader. I still feel like when it's the big games that he might come up with big hits. And a lot of that I know is probably stems from a maybe pre-Padres, you know, on the Royals and the World Series and the playoffs, Eric Hosmer. Uh, just all this feeling of him getting clutch hits and all that. I don't know if it's totally true either, aside from a couple moments, like I said, in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping that Eric Hosmer improves. But man, come on, guys. It's, it's a little unfair you to be killing fam all season and wanting him traded, sending me questions here on the podcast, begging, oh, well, we got to trade for Chris Bryant immediately, give up fam or whatever. like And then all of a sudden, everyone's just like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, fam's doing okay now. Yeah, fam looks great. He's been elite, uh, dare I say. Maybe not elite, but he's been he's at least been an elite on base guy, that much I'll say. Um, but yeah, anyway, guys... Um, Looks like I ended up spending a lot more time talking about this than I thought I would. So uh, let me quickly, before we get into my final topics of the show, talk about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, obviously, in full swing. And you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, obviously, and the NBA. Shout out to my boy, Chris Paul, and the Suns getting a win last night. Uh, the NHL, RUFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use that promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back rocking and certainly rolling. Now, let's talk about these last two things that I want to mention. Um, first of all, Fernando Tatis thing. This is a quick thing. First of all, he had his first 0 for 5 game in literally like a year. Uh, almost a year anyway. August like 25th was the last time he went 0 for 5 in a game, uh, which is just, I mean, the... What, what do you guys want from me? Yeah, that's just insane. Uh, and another thing I wanted to mention was just there's been a little bit of talk about whether Fernando Tatis Jr. might be the like in the, the home run derby this season. And while that is clearly something that baseball should do, like obviously, like it's it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know, yes, you should be putting Tatis on 
every conceivable big stage that you can. If they had some sort of skills competition in baseball, even though he's like for defense, even though he's not a good defender and he's been one of the worst this year at his position, especially, uh, I still put him in there. Screw it. You know what I mean? I'm all for it. But um, I actually, you know, it's funny because one of the big myths, in my opinion, for as long as I've been following baseball, is this idea that the home run derby is a mistake. Don't do it. It messes up your swing and all this stuff. Right. And while there could be some legitimacy to that. I find that that's often a myth because, one, it doesn't take into account all these guys that have tremendous second-half fall-offs that don't go to the All-Star game. Shout out my guy Mark Trumbo, who I bring up a lot on this podcast as being one of these guys that every year for the D-backs and even the Orioles, when he had that one great year where he had like 40 homers or whatever it was, like incredible drop-off in the second half. Consistently a big drop-off. Shout out my guy Brandon Moss from the A's. I'm just pulling names out of a hat right now. He had a tremendous drop-off. He wasn't in the the home run derby. He was in the All-Star game. Wasn't in the home run derby. So that just goes to show you that it could be a little bit of a a myth that if you're in the home run derby, that explains why you enter a slump. I know Aaron Judge entered a little bit of a slump, but that's my issue with that. So that's my counter. If you're in the home run derby and you do poorly in the second half, sure, but then also, if you're not in it and you do poorly, then what the heck is that, right? It's, that's just first and second half splits. And another point to potentially debunk this myth is that I remember Mark Teixeira was on ESPN, I think, at one point talking about, like, back in the day, you know, one of the things he thought was that the reason why being in the home run derby was tough was just because it's less rest days, you know, and it makes that you need that day off. You're at the long season and having that kind of break halfway through the season, just be able to recharge and just regroup, hang out with family and stuff like that might affect guys maybe mentally. So I think that that partially uh, ties into the idea that the home run derby messes up your swing. However, I will say for once I am going to be concerned and here's why Tatis does have that injury. So for once, this is not based on, if Tatis was healthy, I'd be full go, let's do it, rock and roll, like unbrace the stardom, but I must admit, part of me is like, hey, I mean, with that weird, and the fact that he's had to adjust his swing a little bit to account for the shoulder subluxation, like, I wonder, is doing the home run derby necessarily the best idea? He would absolutely be, he'd rule at it, and I'd love to see it, but I do wonder if he could potentially re-aggravate the injury, so I actually think this is one of the rare times ever that's kind of my take of the day. Or I've had a couple takes on this podcast, actually. I am delirious as hell. It is 3 a.m. currently, uh, me recording this podcast. Uh, that I actually think if you're one of those people, you don't want him to do the home run derby because of that injury, I'm kind of with you. I really am. I really think that he could potentially re-aggravate it because it's a different way of batting. And you're going to be swinging hard every single time for the whole thing. And with the, the amount of power that that kid has, you know, who knows how long he'll last into the Derby. So that's my thing on that. And I imagine the Padres are looking it over and talking it through. So there's no no doubt about that. And hopefully they make the right decision that works for him and whatnot. And if he's in the home run Derby, going to be cheering like hell for him. And the next thing I wanted to mention was a, a topic that I want to have maybe some potential other experts on. Uh, and over the course of the future of this podcast is the robot umps thing. So on Sunday, what spawns this conversation is on Sunday, I was actually watching the game. My mom was watching Game of Thrones, actually, on my uh, my uh, <clears throat> PS5. And, um, <laughs> and I, I asked her to stop watching because I want to see, you know, bottom nine, it's the Yankees Red Sox. We got to check this out, right? And I tune in just in time to see one of the worst strike three calls I've seen for this season. I'm not going to be super hyperbolic and say it's the worst call I've ever seen, but it was awful. It was an outside strike three call, the Runetto door, that would have left the bases loaded, give them another at bat. Yankees end up losing. It was unfortunate, right? Because it was against the Red Sox. First time they've been swept at home. Uh, 
by the Red Sox in like 10 years, right? And a lot of people that they bring up the robot umps thing. My premature beginning, you know, prelude, dare I say, to what I imagine will be future conversations about robot umps and stuff is this. I'm very reluctant in general when it comes to the world uh, to be so steadfastly uh, in support uh, just all aboard the choo-choo train of let's replace human beings with machines. Just that's an in general principle of mine, okay? That's number one. And second, my second thing is, look, guys are going to make wrong calls in sports all the time, and I just, it's a hard job, man. Like, it's really hard, and there's two reasons why it's hard. Number one, you know, do you ever get cheered when you're an umpire? No. And I get some people will counter by saying they are compensated very well, they're paid very well, and this is just part of the job, right? If you don't like it, then quit. Okay, I do get that to an extent, but it does stink. It's never, You're never going to be the star. You're on these field. The only thing that you could possibly do to elicit reaction is if you do the wrong call. It's not like you can make people happy. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that people aren't going to be excited to see umpires. That's kind of an unfortunate thing in all this. And second to defend umpires is, aside from my previous points, is that you know, pitchers are throwing the craziest stuff ever. Even tonight, uh, despite the Padres scoring nine runs in this game, this guy, Dylan Maples, who's one of the really good pitchers in the Cubs uh, bullpen this year, he's got a 2.14 ERA. This man is throwing some sliders and curveballs with movement like i never seen. He hit a couple guys too, which is one of the reasons the Padres are able to get some more runs, but he was throwing some crazy stuff, and that's just a, a microcosm of, like, pitchers are throwing crazy stuff, man. 97 with movement sometimes. You got the Jacob deGroms of the world, obviously, but I wonder, is it just kind of hard to be an home plate umpire now? Like, it's it's hard to see with all the movement and stuff that guys are throwing, so I, I do feel for them. So I understand that, but I just want to reiterate, I'm one of those guys that I get it. I don't feel bad. I'm not, it's not, I mean, no, I do feel bad a little bit. I I have some random soft spots uh, in my life, including I have a soft spot for like clowns, which we don't have to get into. Like, like literally, like clowns, like performers. I don't know, guys. Look, I I get a, I get sad because I'm like they're supposed to like make children happy, and because of pop culture, you know, they've made clowns like this evil, sinister thing, and I just kind of feel bad. But anyway, I, I don't want to get into that. I'm gonna start crying. I'm not even kidding. Um, that's a really random take of mine, but yeah, like I I do feel. Uh, for umpires right now, and I do understand that I'm not going to feel totally like I. It's I'm going to understand when it eventually probably happens that we make some sort of change. Um, but I'm just saying, guys, there's still so many calls that they get right. Like I just think, in fairness, it can be a little bit dumb to blame an entire team's loss on umpiring. Um, I know you have those Jim Joyce type of calls, taking away Galarraga's perfect game. Well, that's what you have the challenge for. Maybe you open up the challenge to balls and strikes, and then it becomes a thing where, hey, managers, don't challenge routine, you know, mundane sort of benign, you know, balls and strikes at the beginning of the game. But, like, if a really crazy one happens, like in this Boston-Yankee game, then the challenge would be really helpful there. So that's, that's that, that might be my res- resolution. I don't know. I'd love to hear what you guys think, and I definitely think this is going to be something that uh, we talk about over the course of the season and see how everything uh, sort of develops. But, yeah, those are my thoughts on that, guys. Uh, and the last thing I want to just say before we close things up, Locked On Today podcast, guys. Where do the Bucks go from here? Uh, they just got killed last night, and you guys should definitely check out the Locked On Today podcast to hear instant reactions for Locked On Bucks hosts and Peter Bukowski, the legendary host of the podcast. Under 20 minutes, 
Gets you caught up on all the sporting news from around the league. A great podcast. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of the future of this podcast, guys, tomorrow going to be recapping this game against the Padres and Cubs. Another late one. I'm probably going to be as delirious as ever or whatever uh, as I end up staying up until 4 o'clock again, apparently. And then planning on answering a listener question from the Apple Podcast Review section that'll probably take up the last two segments. Then we're going to be doing all-star ballot stuff and talking about the Mets series a bit, so a lot of fun, cool stuff. With that all being said, though, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Like I said before, send me those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts with a question. It will be answered on the show guaranteed because i like bribing y'all because it's a lot of fun getting extra reviews and boosting my rating uh remember to follow the show or myself on twitter and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care